0: Pastor Troy here. We got the gang assembled for the big anchored round. We're here on the dock. We loved having you here with us. You're gonna love this. We're gonna freestyle it here. It's gonna be a little freestyling. It's gonna be like a. Oh no! It's been a
1: long night.
0: The beatbox. If you guys don't know this, we typically record these in bundles. We've we've eaten a bond's kitchen. We have had too much tea and coffee, but you're with us on the dock, so you can join us. Hopefully, you're having a good time. Hey, if you're driving someplace, stop and get yourself something fun to drink. Uh, get you a, get you a, like a concrete or something, or what's it? A Diet Blizzard. Coke. Blizzard. Diet Coke. That's add, fun. Add lime. Add lime. Oof. Hey, we're all about conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows into the deep. We're going to get into a super round, a great discussion here. You're going to love it. It's going to be rich. We look forward to your conversation back. How would you speak to us if you wanted to? You can get on social media. We have a Facebook, uh, Instagram, Telegram, Twitter, and getter presence you see all those down there and throughout this discussion i think we'll get um, our fine executive uh, director Uh, Lucas. We'll get him to put up regularly the social media links. So if you've got ideas or questions or comments or you want to chime into this, you can fill those out. And Donna Kronuski, she's our executive director. She will get in there and she will um, answer those questions and maybe put them up and and we'll get more discussion going on online. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter are all where you can do that. And we'd love to have you watch us. If you are watching us on YouTube, that's great. But check out Spotify and iTunes as well. Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. Once you find our social media, once you find our platforms, both video and audio, please hit the subscribe like notify whatever they use to give you notification when we come on we drop programs every tuesday and thursday every tuesday and thursday we and if you and if christmas falls on our day or thanksgiving we'll be off so don't look for us we'll be eating stuff ridiculously but uh, any other, other than that we try to drop every tuesday and thursday around noon so share that when it comes out we'd love to have you as a patreon partner become an on the dock partner four different partner levels three different levels of sponsorship go check that out at my patreon download the app and look up On the doc with Pastor Troy, or you can go to our onthedock.org. And there is a link there that our fine, fine communication uh, director Haley has put up and you can link to my Patreon there. You can also find our embedded viewer as well as links to every one of our platforms and you can find us. And you can also take a look at this incredible picture of our incredible hosting team in here tonight. We've got mother Beth with us in the house. Hi mother. Hi father. <laughs> Not your father, <laughs> your husband.
2: What, what,
0: what. Um, her mother. <laughs> mother Beth, she is the mother of the children of I our know. church that's that's a term of endearment in Africa to a mother a pastor's wife his mother Donna knski's over there that's how you doing Donna
2: <laughs> good
0: Get, write Donna lots of silly stuff and write her stuff on the stuff check her out see if she's catching you if you make a make a chat on YouTube you guys you can chat on YouTube we loved it when you do that don't just use Facebook chat use YouTube chat too and telegram send her a telegram message and a getter message we want to we are you on getter let us know mm-hmm. all right and then we got across Ben Benolini Ben how you doing Great. Is your head still warm? Or are you getting cold? Yeah, I'm feeling fresh. You're feeling fresh. Hey, that's feeling good. Fresh, we're in the yeah. we're in the stretch here. Are you solid? And actually, You're, I
2: prefer Mother Ben.
0: Mother Ben, ben. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Father Abraham, Father Ben, and then we got Lucas with us over at techno <laughs> wizard on his own camera, higher quality yep. camera, higher mm-hmm. quality productions, <laughs> <laughs> higher you <know>. quality Lucas, higher quality Lucas. <laughs> he's buffed as out as per you know. usual. Yeah, yeah. As as yeah, usual. yeah, yeah. But Lucas got a better camera. He's got his camera streamlined to make him look like he's Arnold. He's got the workout. He got the buff. He's worked out. You know. <laughs> All right, praise God, we're ready to go here. What? You can see when we're in our, you can always tell me we're in our round table because we're all kind of gilly. Gilly and giggly. We've all right. here for 12 hours. 12 hour <laughs> tour. Here we go, the High Calling series, Truly Living Like Christ, High Calling Roundtable discussion, part five, the wrap up of this series. We have been talking about the high calling. High calling is all about uh, reaching out from where you're saved and getting to where God wants you to be at the finish line. And we have been talking all about that stuff. Uh, What we've been learning throughout this whole thing is that God wants us to move from where we start and finish with where he is. And in between there, it's going to take new faith. Let me put this up new faith, new courage, new perspective and new relationship. Those will be our friends along the way, as we keep making steps closer and closer. And they're not just one step. I think they're a rinse, uh, rinse, wash and repeat, rinse, wash and repeat. And we keep getting closer and closer clean hands, pure heart, the closer we get to God, the more we'll be walking truly like Christ. And eventually, maybe like Enoch, walked walked with God and was no more. Our goal would be to get so close to Christ, God, that we just walk right on in the door. And he says, Come on in, son, I'm well pleased. So I love that idea there. So we've been looking at all these different things. I want to go into some, just um, some freestyling rounds. We want to encourage you with every effort. We want to encourage you to go back and listen to episodes one, two, three, and four in this series. Um, they, I don't know what the episode numbers will be. You'll just have to wait and see what they're going to be. But go look at part one. I'm going to put this way. Part one, two, three, and four. This is the wrap up. And that'll get you up to speed on all the on the anchor details but we want to get back into some some big discussion now back early i saw ben when he was fresh in the in the fresh of the day he he actually got his yellow piece of paper we, we issue a big bundle and he was i mean i tried to ask him a question in episode one part one and he had to pause and say "Why well, I'm, I'm busy writing i'm sorry you know I'm you mentioned writer. lord of the rings and i and he got inspired he got inspired as lord of the Rings. Well, didn't. well no i got inspired by
2: something else but then you mentioned lord of the rings and then i forgot what i was writing you lost (laughs) inspiration that that happens
0: to me a lot it's called adhd adhd yes (laughs) all right so so you you, he's reformulated he's got a question ready to go he's got a statement ready to go see if you can lay this out there this is ben this is in his words and then we'll Mm -hmm. take this on as our number one piece in the a block
2: no pressure ben no okay so (laughs) i'm just gonna roll with this idea so i i think like uh, a lot of this conversation you know, we need to push our face, faith to the next, our face to the next level. If you look better. No, that, if we yeah, want to push true. our faith to the next level, and like I think a lot of that can be taken as like geared towards just people in the congregation, people attending church. But I think the reality is that there's a lot of church staff and pastoral leadership, and I know we've kind of touched on that, and you, you know all kinds of leadership in the church who have fallen. Like I, like we get so wrapped up into what we're doing, and that becomes kind of our identity, and we get comfortable in, well, this is my I'm I'm living my calling. This is this is what I'm doing, right. and then it becomes like this identity thing, and that's then we stop pushing ourselves and actually pushing deeper into a deeper relationship with Christ and the deeper things of God, and. Taking our faith to that next level, like you're talking about. So, I guess my question is, what would you say to people in leadership like that who become stagnant? Because I feel like all success and failure rises and falls from leadership. So, if the leadership very good, you know,
0: so uh, John Maxwell's statement there, leadership rises and falls on the success and the lid of the leader. If the leaders grow in, the organization will grow. I think it's easy for us as pastors, uh, church staff here uh people that are on board with this it's easy for us to begin to see our vocation as our high call and that that we since we got the high call (coughs) excuse me since we got the high call i'm living it yeah been there and doing that and really as far as anything else i'm kind of done and and we kind of begin to see ourselves in the role as having completed the task and it becomes kind of who we are I, i am that and i think some of that is true because if God's called you to a task into a role, you want to live into that. But when that image we talked about the concept of image versus integrity, I put that up. First breaking point is when that image of me being the senior pastor, or you being the worship pastor, or Donna being Don's Donna's executive assistant here, and she's our producer for this show. When that role becomes your identity and that identity becomes the central meaning for what you do, then that has become the idol in front of your Vocation, Mm -hmm. your vocation. Occupation is what you do. Vocation is who you are in Christ and what you do. So all of us have occupations, we get a paycheck. But in the church, we like to think of it more as a vocation. I was called to that vocation. I just happen to get, some of us get paid, some of us are volunteers. Some of us are this, and we choose to pay those that, that their time is so caught up in it that they can't redeem that. Otherwise, they would lose income, that we need to take care of them. The Bible says, take care of those that bless you and make sure that they're, they're okay to do that. So we are only paying people so that they can be able to continue to be used and not abused. And so they can continue to be profitable for the building of the kingdom of God. If you ever get to thinking you're the, you're, you're, you're the man, you know, like in, in football teams, they'll have our, they have franchise players. they put the franchise tag on you. So-and-so's the franchise player, you know. I'm the franchise. Then you've put yourself, your image in front of that. And I think the example, the best example I can give here is Job. Is Job is a test. Devil says, this Job only likes you because <laughs> he's on staff for you. He's getting all, you give him all the blessings. He has all the stuff. He's up front. Everybody likes him. He's the cool dude. And, and the Lord says, no, 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 he's up front, gets all the stuff. And I take care of him because how much he loves me. Hmm. Oh no, no, no. You took all that stuff away from you. He'd curse you and be hanging out with me over in the devil's bin. And, and the devil says, the Lord says to the devil, try it. And, and the Lord lifts his hand, but he says, you can't hurt him, but you can do everything else. He takes his family. He takes his business. He takes his houses. And, and, and even the old wife's like curse God and die. You, you deserve it yo fart, you know, you know? He won't even listen to his wife and do that. Job holds the line and and, and, and ultimately stands before God and is redeemed. The, the Lord knew Job's heart was right. We'll never con God. The devil couldn't see that. The devil's still a limited being. He's majestical. He, he's angelic, but he's still a created being, created by God. He doesn't know us as we were formed in the womb. Yeah. He doesn't know our heart. The devil tries to trick our heart, he'll try to pervert our heart, he'll try to twist our heart, he'll try to grab a hold of our heart, he'll try to step in front of our heart. So I think all of us, when we go into vocation, especially in pastoral ministry, any kind of level of ministry in the church, we've got to guard ourselves. Mm -hmm. And and because we got to know that the devil's up there every day talking to God about, I wonder if that guy's real and that guy's real. And if the devil's not doing it, other people are watching us going, I wonder if that person's real or not. Mm -hmm. We're, We're on display. I hate to say that. We're on display when we're in a restaurant. Yeah. the day we were in a restaurant with three of us pastoring and stuff. People know we're pastors in that situation. Sometimes you can go in a restaurant. I try. When I go on a cruise, I go on vacation someplace. We try to tell nobody I'm a pastor. I try to not tell anybody. We try to live right. We try to be pure Christians, but I try not to do it because I don't want people to start unloading their burdens on me. I'm on vacation. <coughs> or, or, or all of a sudden... Oh. Or they start they feeling, gu- up. they feel guilty about their very lifestyles and now they're miserable being around you because they think you're judging them all the time. Right. So we try to keep ourselves private on that stuff. But but when you're in the community here and we're a minister here, you can't hide that. So I think whether Job and God are betting on us, against us or for us, however you want to think, it, or whether people are, I think we need to make sure that what they're seeing when they bet on us is authentic relationship with Jesus, real faith real courage, real perspective, and real relationship. Yeah, And I think anything less than that becomes an idol. It becomes a false, vain imagination. And I don't think it'll hold up in the end. And I think you've seen a lot of good ministries fall. When you look back at all the good ministries that fall, take, take Jimmy Swaggart. Swaggart was an outstanding preacher. He was maybe one of the most fabulous preachers I've ever heard. His early preaching's fabulous. Somewhere in the process, he got isolated and addicted and started looking at pornography and driving around doing stuff, because as he would go from place to place, he needed some me time. You know what I mean? I need a little me time. Mm. So he got a little me time, a little too much me time. And the next thing you know, he's on probation because he's looking at pornography, he's doing the wrong things. He's he's gotten out of, out, out of line with God. His board comes to him and says, you need to take some time off to get some counseling and get a handle and get off the me and get back on what God called you to be. Yeah. And he began to take that. He said, "I'm going to do that. I'm repentant. I need to do this right." And then other voices came to him and said, "Without you, your ministry will die. Mm-hmm. Without you, this the 700 Club will fail. Without this, the, there won't be this and that." And he came out about two weeks later and he says, "I've been praying and been discussing with counsel that if I leave and take a leave of absence and go focus on the Lord, my ministry will fail." And that was the end of him. Everybody else left that was in charge of his board that had any godly character. They said, well, if you're gonna stay and you're gonna say it's my ministry, come hell or high water, we're out of here. And now we're left with a swagger today that's a that's a, a shambles of what he was. I think he's trying to preach again these days on some sort of infomercial channel someplace.
2: Yeah, when, uh, so whenever I worked at Bethany, um, there were a bunch of guys that used to work um, for Jimmy uh, Swagger um, because it was down the street mm-hmm. from, from Bethany. And they said that literally almost every single employee there, like 90%, they weren't Christians.
0: No. They were just hired guns. Hired guns. Yep. Because It was it's crazy. They worked a system. And, and, but I will tell you, when you go back to listen to Swagger, when he started in his tent ministry days, his early ministry days, it was outstanding. He, he was a man that loved God passionately. But somewhere in the process, the vocation became greater than the ministry.
2: Mm.
0: And the cow on the altar became, you know, kind of became his ministry, not his, not himself sacrificing himself for the Lord. No, yeah. it was
1: his ministry. That
0: it was, was yeah, the mistake. Yeah, yeah. It became his, I remember yeah. him saying, my ministry won't survive without me. What?
2: hmm
0: Are you kidding me? My father owns a cattle on thousand hills. He's got all kinds of people come into your ministry. Your ministry is his ministry. And you know, it changed everything. It's like a, kind of a weird
2: prodigal son thing in a way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Had, I believe, into I've believe. i seen you know? this over and over again. I yeah. believe if he'd have taken the time off, taken the healing, he could have come back a testimony and he could, have, he could have had a great ministry. He could have come back and talked about redemption and the power to get over things and could have had a second round. Yeah. But he couldn't get past himself. Mm-hmm. His image, he couldn't get past... Let me go to the other one. He couldn't get past the tradition that it was his ministry. He couldn't get past the fact that men and women, son of men... Everybody depended on him for work. All these people that, that Lucas was talking about that were working for him, the production company, all that, they were all going to, if he didn't produce income, they weren't going to be there. He was the show. He was the show. The, the backup guy was good for maybe one, one he could, it was okay for thir- th- you know, the Thursday of Thanksgiving and okay for 4th of July. He's the backup preacher. We expect to see him like when when, oh, Swagger's got mumps. Okay, fine. He can be in. But where's the man? The man. You know,
1: and I think too, it's it's not always. I mean, it was his fault for letting that happen. That his mind get in that position, but it's also people do that to pastors. They put him to up worship there, worship leaders, yeah. and to, they they put you on a pedestal like you're something special. Well, you, you're not. You're just nope. an obedient servant of God. That's it.
0: I've never heard, you know, Lucas, I've never heard that side of that, Lucas, that explains the counsel he was getting from all the production people saying this show won't go on without you. You're the show. That's what they were telling. The demographics say that unless you're doing it, people won't buy in, the advertisers are going to leave you, this and this and that. And and they were treating it secularly like, you can power through this, you can, we'll get you a a publicist or what is the word, a publicist, and they'll spin this around. The problem was. His, his image amongst most people out in the, in the TV was that he was a great man of God. And all of a sudden the emperor was naked. He, yeah. And the only way for him to get back before those great people in the, that were out there sending their money in was for him to truly repent and bury his soul. And they said on the show, it wouldn't look good if he buried his soul, he would look weak and feckless if he took time off. And then they convinced him that it was better to power through it. Yeah. Mm. How do you power through anything? You've got to humble yourself inside the Lord, or he's going to humble you. And I think God just took him down. Yeah. God tried to pick him back up too. And then the power, he couldn't let go of the power. Mm-hmm. He actually said he was going to step down for the, take the time off, walked off the platform, and then came back two weeks later and said, after reflection and looking at the numbers and talking to the people, I've got to step back in.
1: But there's also people in every church, typically the financial people, that have a hard time, not seeing their job, the same way they do, they would if they were in a secular place. They
0: move. They. I think there's a tendency some places to to take it as it's my own and it's personally my own. That doesn't mean you shouldn't take care business. of
1: things. You should.
0: That doesn't mean you shouldn't do things as if you would take care of your own stuff. You want to be responsible and and treat it respectfully. I think there's a fine line between giving your best and actually beginning to take ownership over something that's not yours. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 maybe that's not maybe your role is as a bookkeeper or your role is as as a, a graphics artist or something and then you start trying to control the whole thing like you're the father of the or mother. The-
1: the groundskeeper or the whatever custodian. Yeah. I mean we've seen it happen in
0: And all- people take a bigger role than the roles assigned, or they get out of their lane, or they don't trust the whole process, or they fail to start trusting the fact that the Lord can monitor it all. The Lord the Lord crushed Swaggart's ministry. Crushed it. And I thought he was gonna bring it back there for a while yeah. and then you then when you did that you knew it had to be crushed now listen I'm picking on Swaggart there's thousands of other small swaggerts that have had just as bad of problems big ones all. and we pick on him because it was public right. but there's hundreds and hundreds right. every week I see stuff about ministers some minister out in Virginia now there's a minister this week two days ago that was caught up in a sting of 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 of, of inviting 15, going inviting fifteen sixteen year old girls to have sex. He shows up at a sting. You know one of those deals where they have the hotel room. Mm. Sixteen guys showed up trying to have sex with some fifteen year old. One of them was a Virginia pastor of a Gosh. decent sized church on tv and then they went on tv the next day and they didn't say anything about it even though it was being filed him and his wife both were on tv and neither said anything they to act like it didn't happen i guess the marketing people got together with them lucas and said hey you just let it go spin it off it didn't really happen social media stuff you know false alert <laughs> you know you know fact check you know well, you, so, you remember all that stuff that happened last year with the hillsong new york yes 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 pastor. yeah yeah it's just sad. Yeah, it's very sad how quick And we all do it. We're all one step from a fall. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. we need to understand we will all fall. We will all have trips. We will all have staggered. The question is the Bible says though a righteous man falls down, he gets back yeah. up. So the key is, how do you get back up? If Swaggered had it, have repented and dusted off, if the Virginia pastor had stepped up and said, "Hey, I've done something horribly wrong. I'm foul. I am not fit for duty right now. I need to spend a season figuring out how to get my life right with my wife, myself." There, there, was, there's ways back for yeah. everybody. I believe yeah, that. Yeah,
1: because God can redeem yeah. any
0: situation. You might come back. I always tell people, maybe you come back with a greater testimony.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah,
0: right? yeah let me throw the next one. Let me throw. Sorry. You, no, go ahead. I was just, you, just gonna say, I think the church has to
2: get better about letting people come back and not shoot the wounded Yeah, and not grind them. in well, what we
0: don't do is we don't just shoot the wounded. We simply grind them up into hamburger and reprocess them into something else and act like they never existed. Imagine
2: if Carl, (laughs) if Carl Lentz six months from now comes, comes back and he's, he's wanting to preach again. He's repentant and probably, you know, I don't know how many, how many people followed that church, but millions of people, Mm Mm-hmm. Probably, I'm guessing. Right. online, whatever. They've reached millions of people. Half of them would just he would just He could maybe have off. a real ministry yeah. than he's 100%. ever... 100%. He Probably could 75% he would could maybe, write it off. He
0: could maybe have a more real ministry than he ever had.
2: He yeah. could. But I don't think people would receive it because...
0: They may well, not. Well, I mean, some would. Some but, would but, and it but, would but, be but, really but impactful. But let me say this. He may not, but the Itsy Beast, Bitsy Spider went up the water spot and down came the rain and washed the spider out. Yeah. Maybe he has to start way back here again. Yeah. Maybe he has to go back and knock the wall mm-hmm. back down to the rock mm-hmm. and just start preaching the gospel again and and, and just live for Christ. Maybe the ego's got to be down there for 10 years or three weeks on the, on whatever, until God says, okay, I'll let you move forward. Shouldn't it be enough for us just to be used by God again Mm -hmm. at the best level we can be used Mm -hmm. instead of taking, going down with the ship. Well, I see a lot of these guys go down with the ship and that's what really concerns me. Hey, I want to hit this other issue. A couple more issues here. Uh, We talked a little bit about today. A lot of the decisions in the church is driven by consumerism is the church goes well i want to do what's popular what's going to be people are going to like the music i like the, the the preaching that'll get my ears yeah i know we got those hard verses in the bible let's work around those bad boys i know the pro- problem with our church is we do the daily walk reading bible so every year we're reading through all the bible in the year so it's hard to get around that stuff when all your people are reading through it now i guess i could ignore that from the preaching perspective but it just sits in my crawl all the time. So there's so many things that you just want to talk about. But uh, the, the lot, lot a large part of the ideology of the church today is I want the church to be comfortable for me, fit me, work for me, uh, suit me, meet me, do me everything. It just wants to be me. Mm-hmm. So there's a me, 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 me. So that makes it very difficult to get people to get up off their me butt and move it's on. Like- we we use the language and one in, and it was funny is we had to look it up in the in the break that we need to get up off our laurels you know it's our not our job a lot of the church thinks we need to be consumers sit and enjoy the service it's a ticketed event i paid my tithe ticketed event and then we just we think it's our job to just sit and be a consumer and it's really not we would be resting in the salvation of yesterday and what jesus did for us but he what he did for us was not save us to be sedentary he saved us to be his ambassador he saved us to be his co-worker he saved us to live in a tent and work for him in the fields and lead other people to christ so for us to kind of the consumerism is driving the church today to such a point that people are inadequately motivated to move and either they can't move at all now or they've lost the ability to move you know if you lay long enough you can't hardly you know you can lay in the bed long enough that your legs don't work people get alzheimer's People get Alzheimer's disease, they can lay in a bed to the point that they can't walk again. Technically, they could walk.
2: Spiritual atrophy.
0: Technically, they could walk, but because they quit walking, their body no longer can do it. Mm -hmm. We spiritually do the same thing, I think, about the same pace. I think however long it takes you to lose something, you know when you have surgery on a shoulder, you don't use a shoulder for six months, you get out finally get it ready, it takes a while to then it may take you another six months to a year to build it up. Long time. Yeah. I think the same thing spiritually. When you get disengaged spiritually, I think I think the time is all, it I think it's at least a two to three to one time. Hmm. You know? You know, if you're out of church for six months, it's gonna take a year and a half to get back in the right base. If you're out of church for a month, it's going to take you three months to get your faith right. Get back. Yeah. I just think there's like a three-to-one factor. But I think we need to come against anything that, that, if we're running the church based on consumer demands, I think we need to watch out for that. That's I think that's really hurt the modern church. And I think what that's caused is where you do have authentic church or authentic Christianity or authentic families of faith, they have become very remnant in their action. They live almost as a unique it's a little house on the prairie church or it's a mm-hmm. it's a church of weird radical activists or that church goes and does stuff church we're, we're kind of the, that go the, you know this church goes and does stuff church so some people come to our church and they go really love the church but they're too busy for me mm-hmm. they ask too much mm-hmm. they kind of look at us like when we don't want to go do stuff whether it's locally regional whatever they look at us like we're lazy well honestly you are
2: yeah, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Go to the snake church. Yeah, go to yeah. the snake church. They'll, they'll handle snakes fit.
0: up there. It'll be safely done. And every now and then one gets out, but you, you can just watch it. It's like, it's like you know, we're not a cruise ship. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a cruise ship. You know, we're a battleship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference you've got to see. We're, I do not see our church as a cruise ship. And, and I know if I would switch that mentality, I could get more people. But do I really want to have more people on a cruise ship? You have to have a bigger buffet and everything. Yeah. I just, I'm not for it. You've got a big enough buffet. I got a big enough buffet. <laughs> um, the, 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 I think though, because we're at a remnant case, I have told you that in the past you saw the nation blessed by God, then then you saw, well, some churches blessed by God, and now we're seeing very few churches and even less and less people. So I do think the spiritual atrophy, whether it's individually, couplely, family, uh, church wise, community, regional wise, I think that the spectrum works all the way up and down. So it all starts with my free will decision, collectively with me and my wife's free will decision, and then collectively with a group of leaders in this church here, community of faith, whether we decide to be the house of God and be an acts two church or not. And then whether we're really going to be people of faith, are we going to really reach for the high calling? Are we just going to be a salvation destination? I think Donna mentioned this in the first episode. She mentioned that a lot of churches see I got saved. I have arrived. There's a notch got another one saved. We got 20 saved this year. What a year we had closed. And what your point was saying was, that's not, that's not, that's not the end. Those 20 people are just getting started. What's next? Mm -hmm. So we've created a lot of dead end Christians where they think they're done because they just arrived, but they really just started. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're shallow and surface. And that means we're consumer driven because we were recruited in and saved. So we think everything's about my recruitment and we think the church is built on my recruitment. But the problem is we didn't recruit you to set. We recruited you to be engaged, to be staff. Maybe you're not paid staff, but you're called to the high calling to be a man or woman of God on, on a journey.
1: And the other danger, I think too, of uh, not expecting people to change once they've gotten saved, is that then those people bring more and more of the world into the church.
0: Agreed, because you know? because you've not you you you've made the end their salvation not their journey into new faith new courage new perspective new relationship they have no depth no experience no zeal they have the moment of salvation as their testimony but that thing becomes a traditional idol because that's all they remember 20 years later and that was just a moment right they haven't even seen the great things of god Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so i think you're right i think i think it, it it really makes the church difficult now what's happened is the church is getting so anemic of authentic enriched, high called Christians, Christians ready to make the trek beyond salvation. They're ready to step up to new faith, new courage, new perspective, and build new relationships in Christ till the kingdom comes, even if it costs them their lives, even if it costs them their jobs, there's so few of those willing to do that, that we have become what what I call in the Bible calls a remnant. So Christianity is very thin today, real authentic Christianity. As a result, churches are highly toxic, highly disreflective of what we would see in an Acts church. So, like you said, when you talk to somebody about what we believe or what we do, they go, well, that's really weird. And I can go read to you in the Bible, that's the intended church that God designed.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And it sounds weird. It sounds radical. Because we haven't
1: been practicing. Because we haven't
0: been practicing. And the church today is not growing by 1,000, 3,000, 5,000 daily. You have some, a few large churches, but by and large, most of the seats are empty in the churches. Mm-hmm. They're just concentrated in one or two churches. And frankly, I'll be honest with you, some of those churches are doing good ministry. And some of those churches have gotten really good at doing consumer Christianity. And I'm not saying that's not good. We need to get people saved. We need to get people in the church, but what we got to do a better job of is once we get them in the church, why were they saved Mm -hmm. to fulfill their purpose in God?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it's not about you. The purpose driven church says it's about God. And so I think, unfortunately we've got this false thing that, that when I got saved, I've arrived and I'm finished and. Now what we've got is a really limited amount of people that are charged to do the bigger things when God's called all of us to be about those bigger things. And so the, the lift is heavier. It's harder on us to stand our ground. It's harder on us to have Christian people on school boards, Christian people in government and politics, because there's so few authentic Christians that have left the starting line, Right. very little experience in, in things of deeper faith, they, very few of them have pressed more than a hundred pounds, let alone lifted 150 or 200 spiritually. They're not ready to take on issues. So when, when you run into somebody that's on the school board or, or a principal and says, you know, I'm a man of God, and you know, it's gotta be a Christian all his life, and then he's got things that he's being forced to teach or do that are contrary to his teaching. And I said, take a stand, you know, you know, take a stand and if not be willing to walk, go find another means of living, go tutor people, go to a private school, teach in, teach pri- a Montessori school, whatever, but don't sit here and do this. Either stand your ground or be slaughtered on the ground. But, but be glorified by God. When you say that to them and they go, but but I'll lose my job. And how will I live? And then, you know, how will my family eat? And so I'm just going to bow just a little bit and still call myself a Christian. We have so much of that happening right now. Yeah. It, it's hard to tell where to make the stand, but because there's so much of it being asked right now, it's very difficult. So people go, well, if I lose everything, who's going to take care of my family? I'd like to say your church should. That's what happens to a persecuted church is it says in Acts, the family should step, the church family should step up and help. But people see that as something that we the church isn't supposed to do. But where did they get that from? Not from Acts. They got that because, you know, some deacon or some elder or some church leader said, uh, the church exists for us, not for you, mm-hmm. you know. And we, we turned it. Well, we can't afford that. Or what if everybody would want help like that? I've heard that so many times. What if everybody wanted to lunch? What if everybody wanted to go to school? What? So we get scared and because the lift is too heavy for the few of us that are left giving. And so rather than try to lift it, we just drop it. And so most Christians, what happened in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in about 600 to 1200, is the few Christians in the dark ages that were left went out into the desert and hid in caves and they were called the hermits. Mm-hmm. They hid. And Christianity died. And it did have a renaissance, you know. The Reformation, the Renaissance. So I think we're in that moment where some of us are having to almost go underground a bit to survive, but at the same time, God may be calling us to stand like we've never stood before. I just don't think a lot of us know how to stand. We've lost the power in our legs. So how do you start? Well, how does a baby do it? Baby crawls then kind of pulls up and then kind of uses his hand to walk down the couch. And then one time they take a step out and they fall on their face. And they get back up and do it again. They take three steps, four steps. Next thing you know, they're walking. Next thing you know, they're running football. They're running back for football. You know, we're going to have to work ourselves back up off the ground as the church. Pray ourselves back up the ground and get to work. Um, I think one of the other things I want to throw out to you is, I think one of the reasons why people don't push out right now is I think a lot of people see faith and the practice of faith as something they want. We talked about earlier; really want they want to hedge. What if I'm wrong? What if, what if Jesus is Santa Claus? What if Jesus is the Easter Bunny? What if this Jesus they've told me about? I mean, I mean the last preacher, you know, he ran off with the secretary, the preacher before that, he just got in trouble for going and soliciting a 15 year old for sex, but really was the FBI. I mean, is this God thing really real? What what happens when one of the greater preachers of all times of, of swaggert you know, says his ministry is so important, he can't do repentance. You know, is, is this faith really just a, a money-making marketing scheme? Is it a consumer-driven thing? Is, is Santa Claus, is it is it a, is it really just really a home shopping channel? You know? I think a lot of people have questions out there because the real Christian church has not stood up in so long. I'm not sure anybody knows what a real Christian looks like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm afraid that we're not seeing enough of that today. And, and, and so I think we can be a remnant. I think we may have to even be a hermit at times. But what really concerns me is how will people know about him? in that process. That's what the hermits did wrong was they hid, they wrote the scriptures, they protected the scriptures. That's how the scriptures got through it. They recorded them and stole them and hide and they hid them in places. But finally, some of the hermits said, this isn't working. And they slipped out and they started teaching small groups. And that started a period of, 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 of renaissance spiritually. We're going to have to start teaching people authentic Christianity. We're going to, to start demonstrating authentic Christianity. We're going to, have to start living out our high calling and let people see us willing to be consumed if necessary. You know,
2: it's frustrating because I think a lot of times, like a teacher, a pastor, whatever, they're using scripture and they're using it. I mean, they're using it for profit or whatever. And it's really just, it's kind of a business model right, right. for certain church movements. Now, I think God will still work despite their impure motives right, and still touch people's lives. But then the problem becomes when their ministry blows up, it kind of discredits the entire right. Christian faith. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, God can work despite it, but when it blows up, it's well, going to blow up on all of us. Right. You know.
1: Well, and I think that's where a lot of um, staff members of churches too, I think, um, when they work for churches that aren't, uh, you know, stuff goes on behind the scenes that people wouldn't like to think about at a lot of churches, sure. you know? And so I know a lot of staff members get really turned off by that. You know, mm-hmm. isn't that sad to think a staff member that staff members of a church would lose their faith because they went to work for a church.
0: Right. But the pastor, pastor's kids lose their faith because they see what churches do to mm-hmm. their pastors,
1: yeah. their fathers, well, their dads. So, yeah, yeah. The,
0: it happens oftentimes because we're not always a good reflection. Partly is it because we have our eye on the wrong thing. We're not, watch, we're not watching him, we get watching yeah. each other. We get into our vocation over our, who we are. I, I think one of the challenges we've got ahead here is that we've got to rebuild our strength. Mm-hmm. We've got to start standing up. We got to start standing as individuals and as families And and collectively as churches, we got to start getting back about testing our faith. Mm -hmm. And it starts little steps at a time. And and I think we're in a season right now where I think that's one one of the things that I've been sharing here at Community Faith Church. We've been trying to do this thing called Community 2.0, where I'm really trying to get us to to take the church to the next level and to get back to being an Acts 2 type church. And it's not really 2.0 sounds like the next one. I really should say Community Zero, the original, Mm -hmm. you know, but the prototype doesn't sound as fancy as you know 3.5 version of something Uh, i don't think we need the 3.5 i think god's original version's a good church but to me community 2.0 would be equal to acts 2. i want to get back to being that acts 2 church and i think if we do that we have a really good chance without jesus we have no chance no chance no chance no chance and i i do think i i do think we've got to make a move soon and i think i think i think it's going to require I don't want to talk about this as kind of as we wrap up, Uh, it's going to require us to quit being competitive as churches amongst churches. I mean, it doesn't mean we don't have to evaluate whether a church is authentic or not, but we need to be less threatened by this church getting somebody or this church. We need to figure out how to work together across lines and, 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 and strive together. Number one, for pastors and staff to support each other across lines, because a lot of us know specifically what we're facing and we need community above that. we uh, we got a good ministry around here. Uh, good, uh, our, our, son's involved in a ministry. That's just doing amazing work. Uh, ben, you're involved with working with the worship community, uh, that you guys do the, the sessions and stuff. There's a, there's a hunger in this community amongst staff and worship leaders to come together and lift each other up and get people encouraged to get back in the fight, mm-hmm. you know, or, or to heal issues that have been broken during the fight. Yeah. And I think we've got, to, we've got to become a safe place amongst each other. We see each other typically as competitive and parochial. Your church has this problem and my church has this problem. And by gosh, we're not going to help you because if I help you, I hurt me. Guys, there are so many lost fish in the pond here. We could all throw our nets forever and not yeah. outfish this pond. Yeah. Matter of fact, what we need to do is go over and help our partner boats. If they've got something hot, let's go help them. We don't need anything for it. If they pull fish in, they're in the kingdom. I mean, right. whether they come in the community faith boat or whether they come in uh, the cornerstone boat or where they come in the boat over across the street or over here, they're not drowning. They're not drowning. <laughs> right. They're they're right. now they're now they're now in the boat. So we and we need to if those pastors are being affected, let's lift them up and not throw rocks at them. Hmm. You know, they may have their own problems. They may have to deal with God on their own vocational issues. But let's pray, but there, but by the grace of God, go wide Let's start lifting up ministry. Okay. Let's start encouraging people. Ministry is very difficult, and as soon as you get successful, the devil throws everything at you to try to destroy it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: everything at you to try to destroy it. I can assure you of that. And I think one of the keys that we're going to have to do is quit being competitive, uh, quit being parochial and realize there's plenty of fish out there and help each other as much as we can as a resource. We've been a part here at community of letting other, another church literally start its worship. It's it's a large church. Southern it it's probably has more tenants than we do uh, here locally. And they actually started because we gave them space to meet in the afternoons here. Why did I do that? Because that pastor had a different vision. That pastor reached a different set of people. And I don't care how they get in the boat. You know, I'm a church planner. I was so happy to help somebody else plan a church. It was great. And there's other people doing that. I'm coaching. I gave a little coaching to another person doing a Hispanic church in the region and kind of met with them and kind of encouraged them. If I can help in any way, we should be helping. And I know that, Ben, you as a worship leader, you collaborate with a lot of the worship leaders locally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to do more and more of that. And, and one of my dreams and visions right now is I hope very soon to start some sort of collaborative new mission evangelism church, and and this sounds crazy. We're talking about consumerism and uh, for profit and business, but I believe in the Acts community, people did business in common. A lot of the Christian businesses mm-hmm. came together and connived to support each other in a society that didn't support Jewish businesses that were Messianic Jews. If they were Christian Christian Jews the community ostracized them to the point that they couldn't make a living. So what they did was they started doing their business all amongst each other and they created their own economic community. I wanna create some new church models where the economics of it, maybe it's got alternative businesses in it that are from Christian origin, would help be a part of that community and provide a place for people to have a good safe place to work and, and cast their dreams. At the same time, you know, meeting for Bible study, meeting for worship, and, and helping people in, be developed spiritually, because I don't believe life's all just sitting around having church. I believe life's all about sitting around having church and then going out and doing the church. Mm-hmm. And doing the church happens, you know, throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. You can run a coffee shop and be the church you can run you can run a restaurant and be a part of the church. You can do that to the glory of God and, and benefit that and you can have uh, worship in the evening and celebrate what all those businesses did that day. And not collectively, what we're going to do is the church. I think we, we got to where we separated. Politics is over here, the church is here, we got the business community over here, and this is my private life over here. And we, we 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 bivocated, kind of schismed everything in the faith community to the point that we didn't see any of them connecting, and that's where we lost our way. I think they are all connected, and Jesus Christ is at the center of all things. Well,
1: it should be. It should be a lifestyle, not a religion. You know, it's not right. just about going to church. Mm-hmm
2: people want to take God out of politics and out of school and out of their day job, but and we did, right. You can't take him out of anything
0: and, 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 at the end and, of the day. And, and you can't we, we did try to do it. And how has it worked? It yeah. didn't work. Oh, we've uh-huh.
1: done it for years. Christians have compromised what they believe or what they've been, you know, taught to do so they can fit into the world and how the world does things and the people, so they can be accepted. And the world says
0: you got saved. Just go over there and be the church, sit in your corner problem is the high calling is not in the corner mm-hmm. it's not in the pew no. the high calling is out there in the world doing the things of jesus right yeah uh- so I, I'm gonna take some risk. I, I really wanna see us incubate and try some new things. I don't think they're new things. I think they're reinventing old things from the Axe Church. But I wanna bring back some of the Axe model, reprototype it here locally. And maybe the church looks a little different going forward or at least some models of it go forward because we've gotta do something different. If you keep using the same thing and planting the same stuff the same way, you're gonna yield the same results. And right now they're pretty zero-ish. Yeah. If to do the other, we're going to have to do some creative things and different, and let the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit get in it. And we can do things scripturally and under authority. And let's see if God can do a new thing.
1: And we have to quit being disappointed when, when people that aren't Christians don't do things the way we think right. they should. Yeah, I don't think so. how would we people expect people them to the do world. anything different? Right. We need they to remember have they have to. free they're, will. They're,
0: we just want that. We just want the world to recognize our free will as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we want to offer hope, but we don't have to demand hope. No, we just offer it. I think we need to lift up hope, but but we can't make people see it. I think we can say it until they say they've had enough when they've had enough dust your feet, move on. But I'd like to build yeah. authentic Christian business community, authentic business uh, organizations our authentic Christian organizations, authentic churches, I'd like to see some of those working more closely together. And being more, I mean, modern word organic, for Jesus spiritually organic. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be authentic community 2.0 for me. You would begin to see opportunities for people that were dissatisfied with their secular business because it was out in the world around this, when they found out they could actually have a Christian business inside a parameter in a world that would lift up Jesus and and, and everybody be not looking toward the goal of making a lot of money and being the next Donald Trump or being the next, you know, Bill Gates. But they would instead looking to be the next reflection of Jesus Christ. They would be like, Paul, it's not I that live, but Christ. They want to grow the kingdom. And if they can use their business and their mission and the organization to set aside some funds, to send people to do this new thing or that new thing, aren't we much better off because the church met together. They met in homes and then they collected offerings and they sent people like Paul off with money to Jerusalem to help the church grow in other places. We need to be a blessing, not just to ourselves, but to others. And right now the church is so anemic, we can't even run on our own blood. We've got to get back to running on the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need a transfusion right now. And that transfusion would give us the strength to get off the pew, the couch and get back into the high calling. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts? We'll wrap up the series. It's been good. High calling. Any, any thoughts? I don't believe Jesus is Santa Claus or the, or the bunny rabbit. I think Jesus Christ is the only answer. The only hope. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry if you've been there and, and maybe pastors have let you down or somebody vocationally has got their eye off the ball. I think most people start ministry for the right reason. I think most people start politics for the right reason. As you get into things, you get your eye off the things. The next thing you know, you're into the power. Your next thing you're in into the esteem. Um, I just want to pray that everybody would just get before God and ask God, what would you have me do? Mm-hmm. What would you have me do? I do believe we're in a fourth quarter. I don't know when the game's gonna end. I'm not one of those kind of guys, but I do believe that God's gonna be coming at some point in time and he's gonna know what did we do with the time and the resources we had. And what I want him to hear from me is that I gave everything I had. I left it on the, I used to coach football for about 22 years. I'd play, the coach, The kids would play, we'd be all kinds of games. It could be a championship game or whatever. And there'd be games when we had really bad teams and I go, we're gonna get our tail kicked, mm-hmm. you know? And no matter what the game was, I would just tell the kids, do this put everything on the field. When you leave the field, win, lose, or draw, let yourself go to sleep knowing I gave everything I had to win that game, I left it on the field. Don't go back to the locker room thinking, well, I wish I could have done this and that, go do it. If you do that, you'll sleep fine. And in the end, you'll have a good season because the objectives of it is that you enjoyed yourself. We need to do the the same thing for Jesus Christ. We need to give ourselves to him, undevotedly sacrifice if necessary, and always keeping our eye on the high calling. How about that? Any other thoughts? All right, we're gonna wrap up this series. Thank you for joining us in it. It's been a pleasure. You can go to onthedoc.org to find out more about our website. Go back and check out our archives, check out the rest of the series, other series that we've already broadcasted. We put out new series every Tuesday and Thursday, and you can email us at info at onthedoc.org to get more information on that. You can also go to our various platforms. You can link to those through onthedoc.org, or you can go right to YouTube iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, or Sermonet, and scroll and look up On the Dock with Pastor Troy. You can also reach out to us on our social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and uh, I missed one, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram Telegram, Twitter, and her, the new one, and <laughs> hit subscribe, like, notify, and share. We'd love to hear from you. Always interested in becoming a partner of our ministry. There's four tiers to do that three ways to sponsor, go to Patreon site and look up on the doc with Pastor Troy. Check out those programs. If you've got any questions, you can email us at info at on the doc.org. And by the way, we meet at 10 o'clock. On Sundays, we are all a part of the Community Faith Church. We host the site here. Love to have you out at our church if you'd like. We want you in church someplace that's Bible believing. So find one if it's not, and you can join us for good Bible study on 6:30s on Wednesdays. And if you just can't get here because you're too far away, maybe you're maybe you've got the got the COVID disease or something. You can join us on our virtual community at coftv.com. You got the Corona? You can join us at coftv.com or on our, our Facebook or YouTube channels. We'd love to have you, but we'd love to have you live. Love to see you online. We thank you for joining us. Come back out. We've got a lot. More more on the dock episodes coming up. We got some great ones we're getting ready to do. You don't want to miss one of those Tuesdays and Thursdays. They drop Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon. Check us out. Everybody say goodbye to him. Nice Bye having now. you. I'm, Bye now. I'm Pastor Troy on the dock. Take care. Y'all have a safe night.